Hi everybody, Nicola here. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to give you the heads up that we had a few technical difficulties with this recording, so the sound quality might not be to the level of which you'd expect. Unfortunately, these things sometimes happen when you're recording internationally across thousands of miles, so do bear with us and hopefully by next week we'll be back to normal. Thanks very much. And welcome. You've arrived at the Sniff Perfume podcast. My name's Nicola Thomas, and I have a very interesting and intriguing guest for you today. He founded renowned indie brand Pekchi to critical acclaim, but his latest project has seen him team up to produce a high concept box that sits somewhere between art, perfumery, and perhaps some sort of Schrodinger's cat type thought experiment. Please welcome Omer Ipekchi from both Pekchi and Disconnect. Hi, Omer. Hello. Hello. So your tagline for PECG is for people who expect more from perfume. And I'm quite interested in this idea and I've got my own opinions on what more fragrance can offer. But I'd really like to hear your thoughts on what more you think there can possibly be from scent. Well, first we have to establish what people already expect from perfume. Uh, And in my opinion, most people expect from perfume um, a sense of luxury and uh, smelling acceptable to other people. And I do believe there is a lot more going on with perfume than that. And if we look at the advertisements around perfume, it's all just very shallow fantasy and just panty droppers and, you know, mating rituals. But I do think that perfume is mostly for the wearer themselves. So uh, I was a collector of perfumes and heavy user of perfumes before I started making perfumes myself. And I do know from my own experience and uh, my friends who are afflicted with this same condition, let's say, that people do expect more from perfume. They use it in their own personal rituals. They use them as distractions in real life. Like, for example, when I used to go to meetings uh, before I started perfumery, I just when I was really bored with all the all the stuff going on, I would just smell my wrist or inside my shirt. Just go back to my senses from all the things going around. So it's like a safety or escape portal of sorts, and many many more things. Uh, besides that, like the function uh, of perfume, the multitude of functions that are not accepted. Uh, by the mainstream perfume world, there's also people who are really, really interested in perfume and who just go meh with uh, lots of releases. So they actually expect to be, they are hard to impress, let's put it that way. Uh, Mm. I'm included in that uh, group probably. Uh, It's just not enough for a perfume to smell pleasant, clean, you know. It has to give some sort of emotion. It has to give me something that is more than smells nice. So that's basically uh, the reason behind the tagline. Mm. Your recollection from PetG is five cents that are based on reflection and introspection. And I think Rue is one of your best known scents. 
when you smell that fragrance now, does it evoke the same memories and inspiration as it did when you first composed it? Or has that altered as the scent has aged? Well, yeah, I mean, when I composed it first, I was relying on my memories uh, from before, like sceneries from the Middle East or relevant parts of Turkey that I've experienced uh, that could help as an anchor in building the accords and the ambience I have in mind. But afterwards, I mean, nowadays, when I smell Ruh, I also remember the time when I created it, uh, the places where I had people smell it and tell me, oh, this is pretty cool. You, know, you should totally make this available to more people. And uh, all the working hours I spent uh, on it. So the memory is more complex now. It's, it's now a symbol of more things. And uh, the memory behind it is now more nostalgic and not as fresh as before, but it's still a lovely scent. Mm, yeah. So when when somebody smells one of your fragrances and they come to that with their experiences and they'll say, you know, this smells like um, something from my childhood or a place that I visited, mm. does that colour how you perceive the scent? Does it change that at all? Oh, yes, it does. I actually am very fond of hearing other people's feedbacks. It's one of the reasons I started pursuing this uh, more professionally. In the beginning, like, I didn't know uh, how much of intention was going to be perceived from the other side, because, I mean, smell is a very ambiguous medium. But apparently a lot of it is can be uh, perceived from the other side, and it makes me very happy to read uh, or hear the impressions when they hit the mark and when they miss the mark or is perceived in another way that gives me kind of think of them like words so a word gets a new meaning and now you can use it more poetically so i am very happy as long as people are honest in their feedbacks it makes me very happy to hear about them now I find the creative process fascinating. Could you talk a little bit, please, about your creative process for perfumery and how that differs from other mediums that you've worked in? I think the creative process is mostly the same. You start with an inspiration and you try to finish it. But what happens uh, in between probably changes a lot. So I'll talk mostly about what stays constant in my process. Uh, the inspiration can come from any place. It can be a conceptual inspiration, like, for example, what what is the scent uh, of being disconnected? Or what is the scent of depression? Or you can be just be amazed by a material and say, okay, how can I make this into a perfume, a fully formed perfume? Yeah. So it can come from anywhere. And once you have that seed, you, I start building things around it. In my process, I do a lot of compositions from scratch at different times. Like I make 10, 12, 15 sketches uh, from ground up. And after I feel like I've explored enough, I put them side by side and see which materials are in common, uh, which are different what they do with each other, and then I start working more rationally on them. But the first stage is more uh, intuitive, and then it gets all refined. 
I do like I do write a lot. Uh, when I am obsessed about uh, a creation that I have to put out, uh, I start writing poetry about it. I start collecting sort of a mood board. I create a playlist. So just to tether me, uh, anchor me in that specific uh, mindset mm. uh, to know that, okay, this is done now. Uh, overall, though, I would say my process is, in the end, it's reductive. So I start with more and I reduce it uh, down to a finished form that I can't mm. take away anything from. The materials are also very important. So when I start for sketches, I'm completely free. I can use any material I want. But the materials themselves uh, expect things like they expect a good company, they expect space to speak out, and they don't always work. The critical part is to find the palette that works, like to have a crew that works well together. Uh, when you have that, the rest is mostly just grunt work. Mm. It's a bit that like life, sense. really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. It, I mean. like, life goes a little bit easier when you've got a crew around you that supports you and you're in at least some degree of harmony together. Exactly. Like Miles Davis said, just bring the cool cats together. The rest is easy. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and for your latest project, the Disconnect Box, You've teamed up with yeah. Francesco Romero, who created the images, and Francesco Gotti, who created the objects and the, the packaging, whilst you contributed three fragrances. Could you talk us through exactly what this box is? I really don't know what the project is about. That's kind of, uh, that was our process, basically. So at the beginning, I told Francesco, who is a huge perfume nerd, by the way, he has a huge collection. He also uh, was very interested in music, and he produces uh, his photos in a almost a musical way uh, that has a rhythm to them. So I told him that we should totally collaborate on something together to, as part of our friendship. And uh, we share a lot of aesthetic through the more brutal side, let's say. His work is very sparse. Uh, he explores emptiness, void. Uh, abandonment, really brutal stuff, but uh, with a very human touch in them. So I proposed the theme, how about disconnection? And he said, perfect, I love it. And that was that. Uh, then Francesca got involved, but uh, we didn't really talk about what we wanted, uh, where we wanted to end up. So we didn't have a brief to uh, fulfill but it was an exploration of disconnection. We talked in emojis, GIFs. We gave each other music tracks. We synced each other. We were in sync with each other uh, within the theme, and we did what, what we did individually. Uh, so, yeah, the theme is basically disconnection. We explored it, and then it became more real, though, uh, <laughs> with the COVID situation. So halfway through our... Um, collaboration we got hit with COVID and what we have experienced and what we have explored became, became just mainstream things for most people and it did affect the end result uh, in some way I think. Mm. Has the continued and you know global scale disconnection um, of the of the pandemic changed how you feel about the end 
you know the end product that you you guys produce together well yeah it makes total sense now and i always remember them with the covid like stuck up inside a box with a huge roll of paper <laughs> mm. yeah uh, it's yeah so um well, yeah, we, the COVID situation uh, wasn't a thing uh, before the collaboration, but it made total sense with it. So I guess we have touched on uh, being isolated, uh, emptiness, uh, being disconnected from each other, and the perks of being disconnected from each other and our mm. environment. I think we have all experienced that. The perfumes do provide me an anchor point to get back to these times probably but like in five years i'm going to spray some of it and try to remember these times more in a more detailed way i think there's something there perhaps about how the the disconnection that has been brought by the pandemic has had almost like a chance for different connections rather than it being a complete absence it's about Oh, there's certainly been the opportunity to to find things in that disconnection. Does that make sense? Of course, yeah. So basically, uh, there are so many layers to this project. Honestly, I can talk on and on about it. Uh, like how we were in sync with each other uh, regarding the aesthetic of it, which I think is very important. Uh, but we were disconnected in a way that we didn't really uh, try to fix uh, each other's works or influence each other's works too much. So we were individuals and we were not on site for this project. We just met once and then the COVID things started and we weren't able to travel anymore. So I think the whole thing, I mean, now we're talking about the pandemic, I guess, rather than the project, but I think the pandemic helped people to realize the connections that were addictions uh, and uh, habits rather than healthy connections so this connection is not necessarily a bad thing mm. and afterwards i think apart from the hunger of like uh, human contact i think uh, it'll be like a long fasting that will guide us to what we really want to connect with mm. yeah and i mean one of the things i jotted down to ask you about is that i felt that there was um there was subtext even you know in the box in any even if you if you view it outside of the pandemic context that this disconnection box the subtexts are about the positives of various types of disconnection as well so a kind of letting go um a release and a freedom and i wondered if you ever would have any plans to do further work that looks at this from the other side so looking at maybe the toxicity of some connections uh, yeah, there is definitely going to be a follow-up to this project, uh, which is going to be a new collection from PECG. But it's too early to talk about that. Uh, let this be just the first teaser out there uh, about the upcoming collection then. But yes, I will explore this. I do tend to go inside myself a lot. Uh, these, uh, I, I, I always have a conceptual layer going on. So, yeah, I'm going to explore this a lot. Mm. Yeah, well, I think that'll be quite a fascinating thing to delve into. And I think anybody who's had any sort I hope of... So. Yeah, and I think, you know, we've all had those toxic connections and actually disconnecting from them can be quite liberating. And so I think that's a really interesting idea. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, but first there is, I think, the phase of the, after the disconnection. There is this phase of uh, separation anxiety. Mm. But once you go through that, it's it's for the most part much better. You don't need the things. You just do the things you want. The things it's it's an excess rather than being needy. Even in our relationships, that happens a lot, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of um, disconnection, and then. Uh, the word that springs to mind for me is consolidation, like um, coming to terms mm-hmm. with that loss of some sort, whether it's a positive loss or a negative loss, and then being able to reconnect and whether that in itself is in a positive or negative way or, you know, something that exists outside of positivity and negativity. Yeah, it's just a thing that keeps happening, whether we like it or not. It's mm. basically change. Disconnect, reconnect, disconnect, reconnect. Break down, build again, break down, build again, deconstruct, reconstruct. Mm. But, you know, it's just the big pattern, the big rhythm that goes on in our lives, whether we like it or not, basically. But we're getting too philosophical, maybe. <laughs> so let's let's bring it back to the perfumes then. Um, so yeah. the three scents that you've created for the, the Disconnect box, Decay, Concrete and Paradox, they're all very multifaceted um, scents, and at, at, you know, at times quite challenging, perhaps. Um, which of the creations? Were they challenging for you, though? Uh, there's one of them, concrete, which I find quite challenging. I find decay very comforting, actually. There's something really calming about it. And paradox, I've really str- <laughs> interesting, you know, given the name, I've really struggled to get my head around that one. But concrete, I found quite unsettling. And um, yeah, it made me feel kind of not not unhappy, but just sort of. I suppose it is that process of change. It made me feel discomforted somehow. So yeah, I did. I did find that one challenging. But I'm interested in you know which of the creations do you think works best, or are you most pleased with the outcome? Uh, that's a very difficult question to answer as a creator. They all please me in different ways. Uh, decay, uh, I love it. It speaks to my senses the most. I love smelling decay the most. Mm. So my nose favors decay. Uh, concrete, I think, works great. I mean, even though it made you very uncomfortable, uh, most people seem to be getting the kind of mindset that I aimed for. So I think it's successful in building bridges. So as a communication device, I think concrete works best. And Paradox was technically very difficult. Uh, It's a very minimalist structure and you have to get it just right to make it buzz the way it does. So it pleases my mind the most. Mm. Kind of a weasel answer, but it's completely honest. So I like (laughs) them all in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair enough, given that you've created them as well. It's like, I suppose, asking you to pick which is your favorite child, which... uh... (laughs) There's this weird thing with perfume. No matter how well you design it, people perceive it in their own way. So it's not as precise uh, communication like uh, words, like language or like visuals or even music. People don't really understand what's going on and the way they translate them is heavily influenced by their own lives right so there is no way around it Uh, that said uh, with concrete my so basically the setting is an urban setting place like an underpass or a construction site a huge construction site 
and uh, maybe some indoor place with a lot of cleaning materials and construction materials. The scents that are familiar to us, uh, but also that are transparent. We don't really recognize them because they're such a big part of our lives, like concrete itself. I mean, we see huge pillars like walls and things. They are there. They're massive, but we don't pay attention to them. So that was the idea behind concrete. A lot of synthetic materials, uh, like cleaning stuff, and wet concrete, but put together in a way that's pleasant as far as the form goes. Yeah. <laughs> I've just spread some of it on, actually. And there's a kind of rubberiness to it that now you've explained the context is making me think of those you know those carts that people push around that are full of cleaning supplies mm. it makes me think of those a little bit is it pleasant to wear that's like that's the final test do you like to wear it so mm. after, after all it comes to that basically yeah like like with any other uh, art piece basically do you want to look at it more do you want to hang it on your wall what do you want to do if you just say this is not my thing then it's not your thing obviously mm. yeah and I do smell it and become the, what I like about concrete is I can't make up my mind if someone made that consciously or if it's just an ambient scent. It's mm. so ambiguous, so on the edge. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I think as well, given this theme of disconnection and you know, the kind of the the names of some of the scents, I was expecting to feel intimidated by them. But I think particularly in decay for me, there's quite a sort of touching sense of humanity and mm -hmm. comfort. Was that deliberate? And how did you go about building that in if, if it was? If it's, I mean, it's not uh, really deliberate, like consciously deliberate, but maybe intuitively deliberate and built in with the theme itself. Uh, the inspiring image that I got from Francesco uh, was like a huge plastic tarp uh, over a pit in somewhere in the city it's somewhere in italy but it could have been in turkey in new york in chicago anywhere else really uh, a hint of nature uh, contrasted with uh, humans trying to make it better so it's i think inevitable to have some sort of humanity in it uh, i'm still going to keep talking about francesco's images uh, most of them uh, don't have humans in them but the omission of humans provides a human element because the human is behind the camera. And the lack of humans and their efforts uh, within nature is something very human. It's basically the basic human condition. We think we are not part of nature, but we are well part of nature. And it is, I think, human. But apart from that, sensually, uh, there are some animalic elements in it. Like angelica root, for example, it's both vegetal and musky. That is also contrasted with a synthetic similar of it uh, to provide a parallel between the natural and synthetic. Those, I think, naturally underline the human comforting touch. And the sense of decay is basically, when it's completed, it's practically soil. And soil is very comforting. It's both death and birth and it's where things uh, connect with each other, basically. Mm. Yeah, and uh, as as somebody who gardens quite a lot, I can certainly attest to that. It is in the summer, particularly when 
the soil is warm and you know you're digging and shoots are coming up it is it is a really comforting thing and and that kind of thought that we actually we all return to the soil is not a frightening one it's a a nice one you know it's a nice sort of thing that promises renewal um and i think yeah. i think that's captured quite nicely in decay which i yeah i do find it i think it, it's most comforting when it's like you sense it Mm. When you think about it conceptually, it's frightening, yeah. like probably death itself, you know. Mm. But the sense is very welcome. Perhaps death will be like that too, but that is also getting very philosophical. <laughs> so the disconnect box, is it a piece yeah. of art that should be admired and put on a shelf, or do you want people to get stuck into it, use it up, connect with it? Uh, well, it's basically a triptych. So there is this object. And there is an accompanying photo book of Francesco, which is something to look at and get into. But the scents have to be smelled. It's not otherwise it would be nonsensical as far as I'm concerned. So maybe not something to to wear when you're going outside to a club. But like we said in the beginning, that's not the only way to use perfume. You can just spray it in your, on your arm smell it contemplate on it go somewhere else you know i do want people to wear them not just admire the conceptual genius behind it or whatever they're meant to be smelled so go ahead and smell them yeah sure and if people want to know more about your work where should we send them this is the shameless plug opportunity for you <laughs> i'm really not very good at that yeah, but I do have Instagram pages uh, for myself and the brand. The brand one is a tad more tidier. Uh, so Pekji Parfum in Instagram and uh, Omar Pekji on Instagram for my personal page. Uh, I do answer people writing me messages, but like I said, I'm not great at uh, letting myself know. There is also the website www.pekji.com. And those are basically my online existence, the entirety of it. Wonderful. Thank you. And so we'll just finish off with some quick fire questions, which are just a bit of fun. So whatever the first <laughs> thing that comes to mind, what's your favorite smell? Uh, what's my favorite smell? This was supposed to be quick fire, right? <laughs> my favorite smell. Okay. This is just going to be my favorite smell right now. Right now, I'd like to smell soil because we just talked about it. Mm. Uh, what smells do you dislike? Boring perfumes. Fair enough. If you could go anywhere and smell anything from any point in history, where would you go and what would you smell? Uh, a sacrificial altar in uh, Aztec or Mayan temple. That's not what we, that's not one we've had before, so that's quite an interesting one. What do you think fear smells like? Uh, it smells like it smells like uh, a corpse. Mm. So basically, if I wanted to make a scent of fear, I'd put cadaverine in it and call it a day. Yeah. What smell transports you to a strong olfactive memory and where does it take you? <sighs> okay. I, I am a perfumer, you know. <laughs> I smell materials and they take me to places all the time. Uh, these are very difficult to answer. How are these five <laughs> questions? <laughs> They're just meant to make you think off the top of your head. Okay, I'll have to answer the way they make sense to me. So uh, chamomile transports me to uh, 
my ch some of my childhood memories of open pasture between apartments. And I can't detach from it, so I guess I have to say that. But all materials remind me of some sort of thing. Mm, yeah. What fragrance are you wearing right now? Uh, I'm wearing Ruh. Mm. What does summer smell of to you? Apricot. Oh, lovely. What's your favourite food smell? My favourite food smell? Kale soup with a lot of tallow. Mm, that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, what smell reminds you of school? Uh, charcoal. Yeah, when I was in the elementary school, there was a lot of charcoal around, so I guess that's why. Yeah. And if scientists were able to invent a smellophone, who would you ring first? Like to smell them? Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <Fair> <laughs> I'll let you off that one then. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us, Omar. It's been a really fascinating interview. And I wish you all the best of luck with um, your next project and your exploration of connection. Thank you very much. The Sniff Perfume Podcast is written and produced by me, Nicola Thomas, with music by Phil Collingwood. You can find all our reviews online at the-sniff.com. We're also on Instagram, at the Sniff website, or Twitter with the same handle. If you'd like to support our work, please find me on Buy Me A Coffee. The web address is buymeacoffee.com forward slash the Sniff. Our guest today was Omar Ipechi from Pekchi and Disconnect. We weren't paid in cash or in kinds to feature these brands or their work. Thanks very much for listening.